joining me for this penultimate episode in season two of What's the Tease. My guest is the eighth and ninth wonder of the world, the perfect storm, Jezebel Thunder. Hello, Jezebel. Hello. Hi. (laughs) I feel like with a tagline like yours, it begs for a UFC kind of ringmaster type introduction. (laughs) You know, it's like the perfect storm, the eighth and ninth wonder of the world. Jezebel Thunder. You're not the first one to say that, actually. That is so, yeah, everyone says that. That's so true. I would love that to happen, actually. Has it not happened on a stage just yet? No. Maybe I'll come to South Africa and have that happen. Yeah, and I can do it for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> so Jezebel, you're based in Los Angeles, born and bred. Yep. Yeah. LA girl. You actually saw your first burlesque show at the Forty Deuce in Las Vegas. I did. Yeah. So like how did that experience start you off on a journey of exploration of the art form that led to your then boyfriend surprising you by enrolling you into a burlesque class? <laughs> you know, like what gave him the idea that, hey, I think this is going to be a great gift. She's going to love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, at first when he and when he surprised me with it, I didn't love it at first. But um, it's like it's a long, a long ish story. But um, yeah, I always wanted to go to 40 Deuce. It's a burlesque club here in Los Angeles that was open in Hollywood for for years. And um, I really wanted to go. But when I turned 21, they had closed the one in Hollywood, but the one in Las Vegas was still open. So I was like, okay, I have to go see this. I have to see what this is all about because it was all over the news. All the celebrities were going there, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Paris Hilton, (laughs) all the socialites were at 40 Deuce. So I had to go check it out. And um, I saw the show in Vegas and I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like all the girls were so phenomenal, the dancers. And it's actually really funny because a lot of them I dance with now mm-hmm. or had danced with. So um, that's really a full circle story. But um, they were amazing. And then they had the live band and I was like, oh my God, this is such a good time. And after that show, I was like, I have to find more burlesque in the oh, world, wow. like somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I came back you know, home to LA after Las Vegas and I just googled burlesque shows and I found the burlesque shows that I do now the kind of style that I do now as far as like theme shows and the classic gown and glove because at 40 deuce it was more of a cabaret burlesque show they didn't really like take any they didn't go down to pasties okay they wore like they wore a few like little tiny costumes and they danced around with like amazing dance moves basically mm-hmm. but then I started finding the burlesque community that I the burlesque community that I know now is who I found when I came back to LA mm-hmm. and then um after that you know, my boyfriend at the time wanted to go to Denver uh, for his brother's graduation. So I was like, let me find a show in Denver. Like, I wonder what burlesque looks like out here. Mm-hmm. And we went to a show and they had a student showcase and somebody who graduated from their school of burlesque. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the thing you can do. You can actually go to school and graduate and do this. And I was just like, I would I would maybe think about trying it, but I was never a theater person. I was never a a dancer on stage. Like that wasn't my thing. So I was just like, I would love to do this. I just Mm -hmm. don't know if I have the the guts to do it. (laughs) And so um, 
we came back from Denver and he that's when he surprised me with the class. He had Googled uh, burlesque classes in L.A. and found um, a class with Penny Star Jr. and uh, Jewel of Denial. Mm-hmm. And he was like, surprise, I put you in the class. And I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I was like, why would you do that? No, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. <laughs> Well, that's the beauty of things, isn't it? You know, if somebody doesn't throw you into something, sometimes you like may never yep. take the step yourself. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. I was just like, huh, well, I guess I'm here and I got to try it. And I've made lifelong friends from that class that I still talk to and some I perform with today. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just kept I kept going. So I, he put me in the intermediate class, which was like choreography. And I guess what he told me later was that Jewel... Uh, had asked him like does she have any dance experience and he's like oh she loves to dance and mm-hmm. she's like oh she's fine then in the club so threw me in the class <laughs> yeah exactly in the club <laughs> so then they had an advanced level after intermediate and i was like you know what i'm kind of at a point in my life where i need to take more risks and challenge myself and step outside my comfort zone so i signed myself up for the advanced level which was the graduation show mm-hmm. and never stopped after that (laughs) amazing and so that was back in 2009 that you took your first burlesque class so you just said that you know it was something that you were a bit hesitant about going to so what did you get from that first class that had you going back for more yeah that's a good question no one ever asked that question That's so good (laughs) what kept me going back for more i think just the, the the curiosity um the camaraderie like the people in the class I started to really get to know them and I was having a lot of fun it was a really small group of people mm-hmm. and I loved that everybody I said this before to somebody but I loved that everyone looked different do you know what I mean like yeah. after seeing the 40 do show I had an idea that like we most of us do that burlesque has to look a certain way you have to look a certain body type you have to be a certain ethnicity mm. and all these things to do it and so when I got to that class I was like wow everybody looks so different yeah (laughs) and i was like this is really cool that we can all be it was all women we can all be in this class together and having a good time and sharing stories and being friends and doing this amazing thing like challenging ourselves Mm -hmm. so that you know the curiosity the different people i got to see and be friends with and then also the fact that i was like i need to push myself to be this non this not shy person anymore (laughs) that's excellent because i was yeah i was going to school to um be a therapist i was in a graduate school and so i was just saying like if i need if i'm going to be someone's therapist one day i need to push myself to be an authority figure like take on that leadership role which means pushing myself to be more open and outgoing Mm -hmm. so it really helped (laughs) i don't do therapy anymore (laughs) well now you just do your therapy on stage (laughs) yeah exactly you You just offer it in another form really cool so for someone who is a self-described wallflower how did you get the name jay thunder at college which obviously morphed into your burlesque name you know jezebel thunder (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah i honestly don't i do not know the complete origin of that story But it has been my nicknames well before burlesque. My nickname mm-hmm. was Jay Thunder. That's well not before very burlesque. And no, it's not. And I don't my I was a group of guy friends that we hung out with after high school. Me and all my friends, we were, you know, we've known each other for so long. Mm-hmm. And um 
just one day they started calling me Jay Thunder and I was like, what? Why? <laughs> Why is that the thing? I mean, it might not be so PC to say anymore. I don't know. I think it's still funny a little bit, but their explanation was that I was called Jay Thunder because there was a character in this video game called Afro Thunder and he was the only black character in the game and I was like the only black person in my group of friends. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. So that was just what they decided they wanted to call me and I was like, all right, that's fine. It stuck. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. <laughs> it's really interesting. My role thus far in Burlesque has been as a co-producer with my partner, Baby Ray, and doing sound, lights, tech, you know, behind the scenes kind of stuff. And like actually this week, I'll be taking on the MC duties at our upcoming Baddie production for the first time. So mm -hmm. before Burlesque, you didn't really have a desire for the spotlight. And often you make reference to yourself as, as being introverted of nature. So what advice can you give me, you know, that you use to tap into to push yourself past this inner saboteur? Yeah, that, these are some great questions. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, congrats on getting that MC role. You know what? I, I think it's this just this th sub unconscious thinking, I think, that mm -hmm. now, now it's conscious. It's now for, in the forefront. But it was just this this need to be to stop to not be that shy person anymore like mm -hmm. it's fine if you're a shy person and i still have those elements sometimes mm -hmm. but i wanted to be able to make friends easily i wanted to be able to be comfortable going to a crowded place you know what i mean like i wanted to shift my thinking about myself in relation to other people and just be more be more outgoing and so i think unconsciously when i get on stage that that thought is in the back of my head in addition to the fight or flight <laughs> like when i i know that when i get on stage for me i cannot leave mm -hmm. i've seen people do this before and i'm like oh my god that's terrifying and i can't like i've seen people freak out on stage and then walk out because mm -hmm. the music didn't start on time or because they didn't get a costume off mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god no my fight or flight kicks in and i immediately go all right, I'm doing this. Here it goes. All or nothing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I just like, this is my chance. I'm taking that risk and I'm going to do this, you know? And I think that was like, that's always been my thinking. But I also know that also fairly recently, I've really been owning the fact that I'm a black woman mm -hmm. on stage. And so recently, like I said, that's been like, in the forefront of my head too. Mm -hmm. Like I want to show other people what it can look like when you're, if you're confident and how to be, you know, empower yourself. And, you know, I just want to inspire people basically. So that's also something that's been recently in my head mm -hmm. when I do things like, you know what, I'm doing this because I really just want to show people what burlesque can look like and what someone who, owns themselves is learning to own themselves and who they are looks like so so it's a lot of <laughs> yeah so then the mantra um taking from this is go big and or go home so i don't want to go home so it's obviously <laughs> has to be go big and the second one being yeah. be the change you want to see in the world right yeah okay i like that summary of what i just rambled thank you <laughs> <laughs> amazing 
gotcha. <laughs> so as you progressed in your career as Jezebel Thunder, how has your onstage persona merged with your offstage self? Yeah, a lot of people, sorry, prefacing this with a lot of people think that like burlesque is just, this is your character on stage and you're nothing like this. Yes. Like I've also just always knew, not always knew, but I always wanted myself to be more outgoing and more confident. And I knew it was somewhere in me deep, deep, deep down inside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so when I'm on stage, I know that's still me. Mm -hmm. It's somewhere in there. And so I've just been slowly, just the more I perform, the more I have traveled the world, the more, the more I see things, the more people I meet, it's like they're meshing together, my onstage and offstage, like not even intentionally, it's just happening because I'm growing and I'm learning so much and I'm able to just incorporate my onstage into my offstage. Like I would definitely say that I'm not as shy as I used to be. I'm not as introverted. I'm still introverted, like with people I don't know, but with people I know, I'm like super, super comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really just been my experiences that's helped mesh those together. Awesome. Yeah. When we had you on as part of the Quarantine's Instagram live shows during lockdown last year, yeah. <laughs> I remember you got ready real quick after work for your performance. I was like super impressed by that, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> and Excellent. I mean, we're recording this episode on a Sunday as you have a nine to five. So it got me thinking like, does your day job know about Jezebel Thunder? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, the tea, finally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, I mean no, like, don't. how do you like keep that separate? Cause you're very popular um, and quite well-known performer in Los Angeles in the burlesque world. I just, it's maybe prayer. <laughs> maybe every time I do something, I'm just like, I pray no one sees this mm -hmm. from someone I know from work. But I don't know. I've actually also just given up that I used to hide a lot. Like I used to try to like not post certain things like pictures of me outside of costume. Like I was like, I'm only going to post pictures of me in costume that way I can be like that's my twin or that's just a doppelganger <laughs> but mm -hmm. but slowly but surely I'm just like you know what like whatever like I just hope I don't get fired and if I do if, if someone questions me about it I just say like you know it's you're without without saying the actual words basically check your morals or your values mm -hmm. I'm not doing this mm -hmm. at work and it's something, it's mm -hmm. an art, it's an art form that I think is empowering to people and suck it. <laughs> I have a, like, I have this script in my head that maybe I would try saying to convince them to not fire me. But <laughs> mm -hmm. I also, also went through and blocked all my coworkers on my Instagram. I found people oh, wow. and I blocked them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, so you truly are the Clark Kent of burlesque. <laughs> That's what people have said. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so you've appeared on the Beehoff stage three times, once in debut and twice competing for Miss Exotic World, placing as first runner-up in 2018. So when coming so close, do you still have the drive to go for that crown of queen? Uh, I do. I do. 
<laughs> I say that with a question because I do think sometimes, like, do I want to be queen of burlesque? Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean to for me? Can I handle that responsibility? I don't know. I kind of grapple with the back. I go back and forth with it, you know. But I like the, I like the feeling that I get when I, you know, when I've gotten accepted to Beehive. I like this feeling of like, okay, I need to. It's a push for me. It's a challenge for me to perfect things a little bit more, and to, you know, it also knowing that that could be an option one day. It helps me mm-hmm. in creating my acts too a little bit like I don't create them for the Beehive stage but it does make me think like okay maybe this costume needs to be a bit more lavish looking because one day I hope to put it on a bigger stage in front of more people so I don't I don't sit around and go oh I'm creating this act just for Beehive I create the act because I want to do it and I love it but I also think okay I need to be it needs to be bigger because one day I hope to have a bigger stage and a bigger audience. So I need to make this movement bigger. I need to maybe make this costume piece more sparkly one day, you know? But mm-hmm. but I'm not out there creating things just to be queen of burlesque because I don't know that that's what I really want. <laughs> yeah. I do like being on that stage and being recognized more, pe- more people that I don't know that do burlesque from all over the world. Like, I like that. I like getting to meet new people and having people see me and go, oh, maybe they can come visit here and do a show, you know? And you don't need mm-hmm. the you don't need the queen title to be able to do that. <laughs> so Indeed. So speaking of lavish costumes, do you have key pieces of advice on the process of elevating an existing act for a competition like Behoff and in general? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let me think about that. I'm so bad at costumes. I'm so bad. <laughs> like music. But, like that is something, you know, that you've had to go through, obviously, yeah. for Beehoff. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I literally. <laughs> so when I got accepted, so when I got accepted with the runner up, the cost, the act I won runner up for, um, when I got accepted initially, I immediately called my friend Angie Cakes, who helps me make all my costumes. And I was like, mm-hmm. OK, I got accepted. I need help. What now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to need your help. So I called everybody I knew who made like feather fans, my friend Madeline Sinclair, uh, my friend Angie Cakes with the costume. And I was like, I just need you guys to help me figure out how to make this bigger. And I, and I thought I scratched my brain myself too, because the video I had sent them was me in a little, I think it was a panel skirt. And I was like, okay, I like the fact that it's flowy. And I can move with it, but how could I make? I literally thought, how can I make a panel skirt into a dress, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so I can keep that, so I can keep that flowiness. It was like my thought process in accordance with like you know them helping me along the way, but um, yeah, actually the Friday before the competition, I text because um, I you know on Beehive stage everybody's like everything has to be so sparkly, everything needs to be sparkly. So that's what I kept mm-hmm. thinking to myself, and so for months I was like should I make this fabric sparkly or not? Because if I put sparkles on it, is it going to change the flow of the fabric? Am I going to miss a spot and there's going to be a glue stain on this really expensive ass silk? Like, <laughs> like, what do I do? And so the Friday before the competition, I called, uh, not called, I texted Medianoche. And I was like, do I need more sparkles on my costume? <laughs> and she was like, girl, leave it alone. 
it's the night before the competition. Just leave it. It's fine. I can guarantee you it's going to look beautiful. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, well, if Media Noche says so. <laughs> I, yeah. I was just like, what do I do? Yeah, I think I'm not good with costumes, but I think for anybody else, just enlist the help of your friends who know better. <laughs> that's my advice. I think that's pretty sound advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as a burlesque artist who has headlined several shows across the globe, is there a burlesque festival that you'd like to just attend, you know, as an audience member for the love of it? Hmm. I, w I don't have a particular one. I would say all of them. I'm always curious mm -hmm. about what other festivals look like, even if I'm not dancing on stage because everyone's festival mm -hmm. is different you know i don't really anyone any festival <laughs> cool yeah no you know one just always wonders like once you start headlining and performing it's like do you ever like actually just go and hang out at a burlesque festival yeah i mean the the part that stops me from doing that sometimes though is money <laughs> Ah, because when you're not that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're not performing on the stage and being asked to, then you got to pay your own way. And it's like, do I have the money to? Can I afford this trip? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I got you. <laughs> How do you go about choosing music for your acts, which reflect Jezebel Thunder, yet is in alignment with your style of neo burlesque with a touch of classic? Gosh, I literally just choose any song that moves me some way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like all emotional and sad and deep, but if I feel a connection, which is hard to kind of explain a little bit, I just, I love music. I love music. I would probably die if I didn't have music. <laughs> yeah. Like I need it in my life. And I love all genres of music. Anything, anything that gives me a feeling, I love. It doesn't matter what genre it is. So, if I like, I'll just turn on my music and I'll hear a song and I'm just, I'll go, oh, I like the way that sounds. I think I can make mm -hmm. that into an act. Uh, for example, <laughs> I, I tell a story. Yeah. I tell a story sometimes, but. Um, I love a good story. <laughs> the song, I do an act to the song Bang Bang, which I guess everyone has an act to that song. It's by Will I Am, but um, I'd heard it a million times. And I was just like, oh, the song is fun, whatever. And then one day I was in the dressing room at Forever 21, a store. I don't know if you guys have that store over there. Um, yeah, we did. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, yeah. And then, yeah, and then it closed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not always the best. I mean, is that like still going in the world though? Forever 21. I thought it was like maybe, yeah, Forever 21. I thought that maybe it's like a worldwide shutdown, kind of like American oh. Apparel or something. Oh, I don't think so. I think they're still going strong over here. You know, it's uh, okay. cheap, low quality, cute clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> that I don't fit into anymore because I'm older and larger. But anyway, <laughs> I was in the dressing room one day and that song came on the speakers in the dressing room as I was undressing to put on something to try on. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, there was a little move there. And I was like, I wonder if this could be a burlesque act. It was just like something that clicked in my head with the me taking off a shirt and hearing that song was like, okay, this is, this is it. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so that that's how that song came about. But um, I recently did. Or rather, that's how that act came about. That's how that act. Sorry, yeah, the act, not the song. Yeah. Duh. 
<laughs> the song was not made for me and as much as I wish it was. <laughs> so I was in Forever 21 and then like I did this thing and I was like, hey, let me just hit up all I am. He might be able to do something with this. I wish, I wish it was that way. <laughs> Cool. So music is obviously definitely a first point of call for you when you are like developing an act. Yeah, exactly. Um, if I have to do the opposite or the reverse and find music later, it's so difficult. <laughs> it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've had people say, hey, I want you to do this act or do an act like this in this show or something or choose. This is the theme. Choose a choose a character, choose a song. It takes me forever to choose a song that way like I really have to feel something in my body or in my soul that mm. tells me that's the one <laughs> yeah cool yeah you featured in Dita Von Teese's productions Strip Strip Hooray in 2015 and Von Follies in 2018 can you tell us more on how you went about hitting Dita Von Teese up in 2015 Oh man, yeah, that's a story. Uh huh. <laughs> it's not like a juicy story, but it was just like I always, when I think about if I can or can't do something, or if I should or shouldn't do something in burlesque, I think about this moment with her, and I go, "Okay, you did this. You can do this again. It's not that big of a deal." So, um, what initially happened was what had happened was <laughs> yeah. So years ago, um. I saw her I, her Instagram. I followed her on Instagram like everybody else does. And I was like, you know what? I would love to model her lingerie. I would love to figure that out. Like, I love it. I, maybe that's a way I can, like, you know, get into the pinup world some more. And I can model her lingerie. And so she had an email address on her Instagram account. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to email this account, this email address. And it's probably not her. It's probably somebody like her manager or assistant. I don't know. She's not going to respond, mm -hmm. but why not just try? Why not give it a try and say it Yeah. and do it? And so I emailed the address and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm Jezebel Thunder, blessed performer. I'd love your lingerie. I'm not sure if this is actually you, but if it is cool, <laughs> I, can't remember what else I, <laughs> I can't remember what else I said. Cause I'm, I'm slightly awkward, but, um, yeah, and then I got a response like the next day, and it was from her. I assume it said it was her name. Wow! Obviously. And she was just like, "Hey, you know, I've been, I've actually been meaning to reach out to you at some point." And I was like, "Huh?" Yes, Queen. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, I've seen, you know, I've heard your name, and I've seen your YouTube, your videos on YouTube, and I really, you know, I really love to do something with you. I have this project coming up, and maybe we can work something out." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm down whenever." Mm -hmm. And that project didn't come about basically it never as far as me I don't know if it ever came about for her mm -hmm. but it never I never took part in it and then um but we kept in contact briefly and then after yeah. a while she was like hey this um I'm doing this weekend in Orange County and I guess I think Pearl Noir was on the trip with her on the tour with her at that point yeah and she couldn't it's make it yeah she couldn't make it to this Orange County date in California and she was like I'd love to have you you know, come do, wow. come do the weekend. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Let me check my calendar. Miss yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it all started with an email, a random email that I was like, let me just shoot my shot. Let me just try. And yeah. I love it. You know? <laughs> yeah. If you don't try, then how will you ever know? Do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So I have so to remind congrats. myself. 
Yeah, thank you. So I have to remind myself often, like, the worst anybody can say is no. It's fine. You'll survive. You're not going to die. Yeah, <laughs> just do exactly. it. Exactly. Look at you just like breaking out of your comfort zones. I do it every once in a while. Every once in a while I do it. And then I go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for some self-care time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of large stages that you've performed on, you also performed at the UK Black Pride. How was your experience presenting a burlesque act firstly to such a large audience and also in the daytime? Oh my God, I was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally terrified until I got off the stage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, um... That's also like a funny story. I had no idea. Like they asked me if I wanted to do it. And I was like, sure, this sounds awesome. I'd love to do it. And I'm thinking it's at the, um, there's this venue that's called the RVT in Vauxhall. Mm-hmm. And I was, I thought it was going to be there. So that's, a, it's a small, like legendary gay bar. And I was like, oh, it'll be a Vauxhall Tavern. I know that place. Cool. It's going to be a small thing. And I got off the bus and I saw the line and I was like, what is this line for? <laughs> and I kept walking around the corner and I was like, oh, this is like a legit festival. <laughs> there's a oh, lot, wow. there's a yeah. lot of people. This is a lot, mm-hmm. this is a lot, this is a lot. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and then I got, you know, to where my friends were and the producers and I was like, so I'm going to do burlesque on that stage? And they were like, yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, by myself? <laughs> they're like yeah you got this they love burlesque like they've seen it before you know demi noir from london she's done it she had done it before and they're like and they loved what she did and i was like but i'm only one person this is a giant stage yeah there's a lot of people to perform to you know and give all that energy out to in the daytime i just never performed for thousands of people like that was so such a weird experience but after it was done i was just like oh my god that was amazing (laughs) great but yeah (laughs) but it was terrifying they're like you got this it's fine and so there's that fight or flight i talked about right i was like i'm not leaving Mm -hmm. i want to do this i love london i love what this is supporting so i'm gonna do it (laughs) so here it goes nothing (laughs) (laughs) fabulous yeah (laughs) you seem to have a mild obsession with london having traveled there on many occasions to perform so what is it about the police industry across the pond that attracts you? I would say it's more than mild. <laughs> <laughs> mild is putting okay. it mildly. <laughs> I, I have a, I don't even know what the word would be. I have a sick obsession with London. I have my whole life, basically, as a child, I've been like, as a younger, you know, preteen, I've just mm-hmm. been like, I just want to go to the UK and go to London. That's where the Spice Girls are. Um, oh, yeah. I've been obsessed. Yeah so much my whole life yeah the i feel like the scene the burlesque scene over there is it's it's different and i think Mm. not just in london i think overseas in europe and all the everywhere not america (laughs) basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i feel like i feel like it goes with the values maybe and the morals of the people a little are a little bit different in terms of Mm -hmm. like they're not people overseas aren't touchy about nudity you know they're not Okay. It seems to be more open and people are just like, uh-huh. oh yeah, there's a, bo-. like, I remember 
somehow when I was younger finding out that in London, like they, you know, just show boobs and butts on TV all the time. But over here in America, it's like, oh my God, that's like horrible. Like we can't show. Mm -hmm. It's getting better now, obviously, but it used to be like, we could show all these people dying from gun violence, but we can't show someone's boob or someone's penis or someone's butt. Like it's so stupid. So yeah. over overseas, I feel like that's always been something I've heard. Like people are very comfortable with bodies and body parts and it's normal. And so mm-hmm. I think that goes along with the burlesque scene there. Like people are super into it. Like if you go to anyone in London on the street, I can guarantee you they've seen the burlesque show at some point. Whereas mm-hmm. here in here, even in LA, sometimes they'll go to people and you're like, oh, I do burlesque. And they're like, oh, I think I've heard of that. What's that? Yeah. They're like, what's that? <laughs> or I think I've heard of it. Or who does that? What's that? Mm-hmm. But over there, like, everyone has been to at least one show. It's, like, commonplace. Mm-hmm. And, like, fr- my friends over there are making a living off of doing burlesque. And they have, yeah. like, um, I can't remember. Is it called Equity? There's some kind of a program that's mm-hmm. established in the U.K., at least, for uh, performers, like, hosts, MCs, and dancers. And they have a group that specifically, like, helps them. Like, almost like a union. Yes. And I'm like, wow, wow, that's not a thing yeah. here. <laughs> and it's amazing that the that, you know, their the UK values the arts and includes burlesque mm-hmm. in that. I feel like here people don't still don't see it as much of an art as an art form. So the audiences when I go to the UK are just super responsive. Like they love it. They live for burlesque. <laughs> like there's cool. so many different shows and it, you know it's just. It's different. I love it here. I love it here, too. I love turning people's, shifting people's thinking about burlesque here. But I also love the fact that I can go overseas and people just go, oh, I know that. Done. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. Jezebel, like to wrap it up, what do you have going on for 2021 burlesque wise? Oh, gosh. Uh, Whatever people want to give me. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Because you're I'm open. Like, <laughs> Your dance card is open. It's open. I'm like, I can't say I want to be on stage because I don't know if that's going to be a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm still going to continue doing virtual shows. Like I do as frustrating as they can be sometimes because I'm in my tiny bedroom. Uh, mm-hmm. I do like that I still get to perform even if it's virtually in my bedroom. Um, so I guess I'll do more of that. And I'm still trying to you know, get my, psych myself up to work on a costume for an act that I had wanted to do before COVID hit. So yeah, I'm just going to keep creating stuff and keep performing when I can. And whoever wants me to do it, I'm, I'm down. So yeah. Awesome. So are you still also giving your classes, the musicalities, fan dance and beginners 101? Oh, I would like to, <laughs> but I'm, uh-huh. def- I'm definitely doing it for um, BurleyCon. They uh-huh. have some classes in April, so I'll be teaching uh, musicality and social media, actually. Growing your social media followers. Um, that's something cool. new I'm teaching because I love Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you rock it. You, you make Instagram look good. <laughs> Thanks. I think burlesque dancers in general just actually make Instagram look good, so I don't know why we're getting all the hate from them. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> so true. Well, Jezebel Thunder, if you'd just like to let the listeners know where we can follow you and where we can support you. Yeah, I'm on um, Instagram and TikTok, sometimes TikTok, uh, but they're both the same handle. It's Jess Thunder, Jess, J-E-S-S, and Thunder, T-H-N-D-R. Thunder has no vowels. 
I made it as mm-hmm. complicated as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also have JezebelThunder.com, which I need to update more often. But that's cool. where you can find me. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on this episode of What's the Tease. It's been absolutely wonderful talking to your charming self. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Likewise.